In the world of business, profit is everything. Those that are not profitable are condemned from memory. And the most important business of all is watching anime. Welcome back to the Weekly Anime Performance Review, the show where we review the performance of anime weekly. We are your three high-powered anime business executives. I'm John, your CEO of Weebs. I'm Chris, and I'm becoming someone else through my heart. And I'm Andrew, CEO of Just Ordering Water. <laughs> we are back with another uh, ten episodes to look at, and yet only eight shows, because yet a ten deities in the peaceful generation still hasn't started. And we fired Oromichi um, Onisan last week. Oops. Uh, so we are now down to nine shows, one of which still hasn't started. It'd be funny if it turned out to be complete garbage and we waited two weeks on it for nothing. <laughs> um, anyways, that's not what we're talking about, though. The first ending we're talking about today is the Aquatope on White Sand. In this week's episode, at her first day at work, Fuka tries to feed the penguins and it doesn't go great. Kukuru is angry at her, and Karin, the tourism worker, tells her it's because Gama Gama is important to Kukuru, that it's her dream. Fuka sprays down some shady business guys that were bothering Kukuru and tells her her story. They agree to work together to save Gama Gama. It, it actually it was, it's the only uh, piece of media I've ever seen that actually made penguins a little bit scary. <laughs> uh, it'd be pretty hard to convince me that penguins are scary because I love penguins, but damn, I don't want to be around those penguins. Uh, she had a bucket of food, and she didn't really know how to handle them. Yeah. I feel like a lot of it is probably just, like, being assertive with them. Well, part of it is that, like, penguins are still wild animals, and, like, you know, you gotta be somewhat careful around them and stuff. And I feel like having the high ground would have helped out. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think part of it is Cuckoo's fault, because, like, she didn't train her. She didn't train her at all. She's like, hey, go do this. And I'll do it when I give you the signal. It's like, that's, that's not a good training. Yeah. Also, she didn't really give her a signal, and then she still expected her to go do it. Anyway. Uh, I don't know. I like this one a lot. Um, I thought that... I, I kind of get where they're going for here, you know, with how Fuka has basically given up on her own dream, so now she's hoping that the same thing won't happen to Kukuru, and that's why she's committed to helping her. Yeah, I, it's an interesting motivation that we don't mm -hmm. see too often. Mm -hmm. I wonder, though, if this will somehow lead to her reinvigorating her own thing in some I feel, way. I feel like what might happen is that the aquarium also becomes her dream, and she develops mm -hmm. a passion for it as well. Yeah, that's and, what I was And they develop say. a passion for each other because they hold hands in the OP. Yes. I mean, holding hands is basically sex in anime. You're correct. And they do it in the OP of this one, damn. <laughs> Premarital hand-holding. God damn. I, I think the idol business is done in this, like... I don't think she's going to go back to being an idol. I think she's going to figure out what she wants to do, whether that is working at the aquarium or not. And that's going to be part of her journey. Episode six, the girl that 
she gave up being that she pretty much gave up being an idol for is going to come back and be like, hey, please become an idol. And she's going to spend like the episode and maybe part of the next one being like, oh, do I go back to being an idol? And then she's going to decide to stay at the aquarium. And that's how that's going to play out. I believe it. I can see it. I could see that being more at the uh, at the end, not even just in the midpoint. But I don't the know. finale episode. Mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like the end would be the them having to do the final push for fundraising. Yeah, I wonder if she's going to perform for the aquarium. Is she going to write a song for the aquarium or something? They're going to become aquarium idols. Anyway, this was a good episode. Yeah, it's weird, because I can't be like, oh, it's good because this. It was just good. Yeah, it's just, it's just pretty solid so far. I think this one is showing a lot of promise. So I'm going to vote to retain it. I'm also going to retain. I'm retaining as well. All right. That is three retains for the Aquatope on White Sand. Next up on the list is the case study of Vanitas. In this episode, Vanitas manages to cure Thomas Bernot and distracts John by proposing marriage. However, Thomas turns up dead for mysterious reasons. Noe reads the memories of Amelia to try and figure out more about Charlatan, the thing corrupting vampires' names. Noe's old friend Dominique arrives and tells him that a vampire that a vampire in the vampire world is hosting a masquerade where he might find out more about Charlatan. Vanitas tags along. <laughs> wow, is there is there a more on-the-nose name than Dominique de Sade? I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I don't speak yeah. French. <laughs> well, Desaad, like, there was a guy named Desaad who wrote a really fucked up, like, horny book back in the 1700s. He's where we get the word sadism. Okay, that checks out, because she immediately collared Noe and then dragged him around. Yeah. I feel like the pacing in this episode felt kind of weird, but it wasn't enough that I didn't like it. Yeah, I think the problem was that it felt like in a previous episode, they were like, oh, there's going to be this big battle. And then there wasn't. And it was more exposition. If that makes sense. Yeah. Apparently, I've been seeing a lot of people on the internet talking about how they skipped or they cut a lot of stuff from the manga in this episode. Really? Yeah. I think this was three chapters of manga. Yeah. That's a lot to cover. In... Wow. <laughs> yeah. Like this episode was three chapters. Yeah. And like from what I've seen, they cut out like fighting and exposition. So like That's... between John and Vanitas. I don't know where it was cut. I just know that it was. I believe mm. that um, no way was fighting at first, too, before yeah. he grabbed uh-huh. the kid. Um, The kid. Yeah. I have his name written down, but I have to click to look at it. Luca. Luca, yeah. Yeah. I thought it was fine. I'm not sure if he was, like, acting infatuated or if he actually was. It's hard to say. I could believe he was. But also, he very much is, like... A schemer that like could be pulling it over just yeah. to get the advantage, you know. I feel like he's a schemer, but he wouldn't fake infatuation if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I get that. Mm, 
it's difficult to say. <laughs> I feel like it could go either way on this one. I don't know. I I wasn't a big fan of how the kiss played out. Yeah, yeah, that was kind of weird. That was uh, that was uncomfortable. Now that you say that, you're correct. Um, I don't know. It's not a deal breaker yet. If it keeps coming up and keeps being weird, then it might be like, all right, that's enough. But yeah, but if it's just Jean being like, oh, I don't want to fight him because I kind of like him. Like that's whatever, you know. I still like it enough for now. Uh, so I'm going to vote to retain it again. I'm also retaining. Yeah, I'm retaining as well. That is three retains for the case study of Vanitas. Uh, next up is the detective is already dead. In And there were two episodes of this one because we, were, we covered the hour-long episode last week. Uh, in this episode, Kimi meets a girl, Nagisa, who is looking for the legendary detective to help her find someone else. After some investigation, she and Kimi realize that she received... Oh, excuse me. She and Kimi realize that she received Siesta's heart in a transplant and retained some of her memories. And then, in episode 3, Nagisa and Kimi are hired by the idol Yui to protect a precious sapphire that someone has threatened to steal during her next performance. However, Kimi thinks that there's more to this tale than Yui is letting on. Uh, the thing that just immediately, like, pile drove my brain into next week was the random cameo by Fubuki and Matsuri from Hololive. I didn't. Is that, was they the ones doing the, like, news cap? Yes. Yeah, I just didn't. Two Hololive idols are just in this show. They just exist. It was, I, I, I just was that the meme of Leonardo DiCaprio pointing at the TV for a second. Um, that being said, I'm, I'm feeling a little iffy on this one right now. I don't know. Yeah, I'm kind of my big thing is that I get the, like there's androids and like this isn't tech like. I think this is the world where. Oh, a heart transplant could mean that you have her memories right I'm like, sure. It, it does happen sometimes where, like, it's, like, small things. Because, like, you know, he mentioned, like, you know, sometimes people, like, take up hobbies that they never had before. Or they like foods they didn't before because of stuff like that. And that does sometimes happen for reasons that we don't really understand yet. But, like, not really the person's personality reasserting itself. Right. But if you're going to have androids with, like, giant ear tentacles, like, sure, why not? Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I don't really feel like it's overriding her personality. I think mm -hmm. she just inherited the, oh, I need to find someone, which happens to be Kimi. And she didn't realize that until they found out who the heart was. Yeah, it's, I, it's, it's tough to say what it is right now. Yeah. It's weird that I almost wish that Kimi was the detective and... Nagisa was like, I'll be your sidekick, like. Because he has the skills now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it's it, I think maybe part of it is that, like, he keeps acting like he doesn't care and he doesn't want to be involved. And yet he's like still. Getting involved. Well, he said that to be a detective, you have to be like logical and stuff. I also feel like he. He doesn't want to keep doing it, but at the same time, he can't let go of Siesta. And that's yeah. why he's still going. 
Um, mm -hmm. In other news, I'm pretty sure that the diamond or the sapphire is Yui. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Even though she has no blue in her design whatsoever. Uh, her other eye, her hidden eye. Ah, uh, mm. you're a genius. Yeah. That's what I'm. I'm calling it now. I also I'm like, yeah. Sorry. I also don't think we actually saw the sapphire, did we? Yeah, we did. It, it was the necklace. Oh, okay. In in the gallery, that uh, she also pointed a pistol yeah. at Kimi. <laughs> yeah. Well, because what she said, what she's, the note said, oh, I'm going to steal something worth about 3 billion yen. But she's like, that has to mean the sapphire. And it's like, but you never said the sapphire is worth 3 billion yen. You know, like. Mm -hmm. How I much does an eye sell for? <laughs> well, I, I think it's just her. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just messing around. <laughs> I mean, I feel like you could probably sell an eye. Like, if you got your hands on the eye of an idol. That could probably sell for a lot. That's probably true. I hate that you're right. <laughs> anyway, I don't know. I, I'm just not feeling it right now, and I don't know if it's anything in particular, yeah. but I'm going to vote to fire. Just, I don't really care that much. I'm still enjoying this one. I really like the banter in this one. It reminds me a lot of... Like, I know you guys can't really comment to this, but it reminds me a lot of... Rascal does not dream of bunny girls and pie and shows like that. I'm going to retain as well, because I do like how, I don't know if dry is the right word, but like how deadpan some of the characters are in their interactions and stuff, which probably is what you're talking about, Chris. So I'm enjoying it, so I'm going to retain. All right. That is two retains and one fire for the detective is already dead. Next up on the list is the Dungeon of Black Company. In this episode, Ninomiya and Wanime are promoted to the errand boys of the exploration team. Wanime is injured, so Ninomiya takes over his workload. After running afoul of some dungeon ants, Ninomiya decides the best way to escape is to foment a workers' revolution among the ants. Eventually, however, he wins the ant queen to his side by, quote, saving, end quote, her from Reem. I thought this one was funny, too. You missed the most important part. No, I didn't. The fact that at the end, he's going to use the ants to overthrow the company. That's what well, what I said. What I said he wins the Ant Queen to his side, so that counts. Because hmm. I feel like he set up the rest of the premise. Right, and he, and he calls yeah. like his new like underground organization the Black Company. Or the... It was pretty cool. With all the ants in silhouette, though. It was. And I do like the idea of it, of using the monsters to take back the dungeon, kind of, so to speak. Because mm -hmm, the monsters are just like, also... Like they're it's not like the monsters are just monsters and the people are people. It's a little bit more of a blurry line. I I, th I think I liked how this went with it. Mm -hmm. Also, is Ninomiya he he is high charisma, low wisdom, correct? Yeah, yeah. He's high high charisma, low wisdom. Nobody needs intelligence. It's a worthless stat in D anD. d I think he has relatively high intelligence, to be honest. But he probably does. I mean, he does. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Also, we get one of the most edgy scenes this season, and it's between our two main characters <laughs> with the mimic. Oh yeah, that was that's quite a mimic. <laughs> <laughs> I like that they did the lizard man instead of the busty anime waifu. Yes. 
it, it did crack me up quite a bit. Yeah. Um. Also, Chris, was it that or the Ant Queen? That it was that. Posted, but, okay. <laughs> yeah, and then I posted a GIF in response, and I was like, "Damn it, he was talking about something else." Yeah. Monster girls are God's way, though. By the way, uh, that's just true. Uh, but also, this is like mid-tier monster girl at best. Welcome to John. Welcome to John's Monster Girl performance review with a secret podcast within the weekly anime performance review. Hey, what's her What's her ranking on the tier list, John? The tier list. Um, I'll put her in C tier, I guess. All right, they said I thought you said yours, and what's John's ranking on the tier list? <laughs> yeah, John, what's your <laughs> ranking on the Monster Girl tier list? Well, I'm neither a monster girl, neither a monster nor nor a girl, so I guess I'm F tier. Uh. <laughs> that that's always a tangent. I liked this episode. I thought it was really really funny. I think it's the same. It's in the same boat as last week for me, where I recognize what people like about it. I just it just doesn't do it for me. Okay. I don't know. I I think this one's really funny. It's it's relatable a little bit, <laughs> even though even though I'm not working, even though my, you know my my work experience was different, but I I. I can relate to the feeling that it gives yeah. me. I also thought the joke about how like people don't give a shit about marbled steaks in this world. <laughs> like that hunk of meat that Reem ate in one bite about midway through this episode would probably be like a couple hundred dollars. Wow. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's that's like that's Japanese fancy steak. That shit is expensive. My only concern is the show is going to um, end up being, oh, you can pull yourself up by the bootstraps too type of thing, you know? And I'm like, no. I, I don't think so. He made a counter company called a black company. I'm pretty sure that's exactly what's happening. Right, but it could be him trying to take back, like, production stuff. It depends on how he goes, you know? Yeah. I, I, I well, I, I think that it is about him like rising up through the ranks, but he's not doing it by being a good person or anything. It's not presenting it as necessarily yeah. a positive thing to do. No, it's just kind of everyone is shitty. <laughs> I'm gonna vote to retain. I'm gonna fire. I'm retaining. All right, that is two retains and one fire for the Dungeon of Black Company. Next up on the list is girlfriend, girlfriend. In this episode, Naoya, Minase, and Saki try to find a place where they can eat lunch away from prying eyes. Saki feels inadequate as a girlfriend compared to Minase, and tries various schemes to close the gap, before deciding the only way is to bone down. When Naoya rejects the horny, Saki assumes that he prefers Minase's body as well. Naoya spends the next three days trying to win her back. I thought this one was pretty... What? This was pretty funny, too. I'm having a little more fun with the summaries as well. Yeah, well, part of it is that the show isn't taking itself like 100% seriously. And like yeah. the characters want to be in this weird relationship that they've made. And I think that helps, you know. Like they all do genuinely like each other. I, I do love how at the end um, she's finally convinced. I don't remember exactly what by. 
But so she just jumps out her window across the alleyway. What what convinces Saki to jump across the gap is uh, Nagisa taking Naoya by the wrist and putting his hand on the titty. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, she's over here. Good luck. And I do love how he's like, oh, I wrote you a love letter. And it's like a bundle of pages tied together. A fucking like whole, it's like a full, whole ass like box of 500 sheets of printer paper. And he's just like, why I love Saki, chapter one. <laughs> he fucking yeets it across. <laughs> she almost falls out the window catching it. Yeah. Also, I I do love how when Saki's rejected, she like goes storming on their house crying and then runs away next door. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're still childhood friends. Yeah. <laughs> They're just building up to be like, oh, where could she be? No, she's just next door. Honestly, I feel like this wouldn't work. I feel like this wouldn't work as much if Saki wasn't so over the top. Well, both her and Naoya are. And I yeah. think that's what does it. If she's almost the um, typical main character male attitude towards a lot of this, it seems. Yeah. Well, I mean, Nagisa's not all there either. She is like creepily devoted to Dahlia. And we kind of got hints at as to why. Well, like in the first episode, she talked about how like she did train like a training camp for weeks to lose weight and took cooking classes and all this shit. Yeah, yeah that's fair. I did. I think it, that was the funny bit of how she kept trying to do like household work and just like burned the curry. She went shopping and she just bought gummies instead of groceries. Like, <laughs> What did you get? Gummy! <laughs> to be fair, gummy candies are good. Yes, but it's just funny how sidetracked she gets so easily. She's watching the streamer and she's like, ah, oh, dang it, she's using her boobs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Emptying out his bank account to pull all these gotcha pulls for her favorite game. Yeah. And getting dick all. <laughs> I think it's the best part that he didn't get anything. <laughs> So dumb. This show's kind of dumb, but in a good way. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's why it's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why I'm enjoying it. Like yeah. it wouldn't it wouldn't work if it were at all taking or... itself more seriously. Yeah. But yeah. I'm gonna retain it. I'm also retaining. I'm retaining as well. All right. Uh. As I said at the top of the episode, Itaten Deities and the Peaceful Generation has another buy this week because it's not starting till next week. But what did start this week was Nighthead 2041. In 2041, belief in anything beyond the physical and empirical is unlawful, and a pair of brothers are cops who uphold that law. The brothers see a strange girl on their assignment that no one else notices, and then one of them awakens to psychic powers. Meanwhile, another set of brothers leave the research facility they've lived in for the past 15 years and find a much different world than the one they expected. Wow. That's quite a concept for a society. I mean, it's it's a dystopian where, like, I, I, I think it's perfectly, not normal, but like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's I, certainly a dystopia. It, yeah. it's, I like it because it's also something that Normally, um, when it's like, oh, there's thought crimes and stuff, it's like, oh, you have to believe in government or you have to believe in this and that. But it's no, you have to believe in the fact that, like, you can't just believe in stuff. Like, it's an interesting like, enough concept. Like, they, they even said at the intro that fiction is illegal. 
Yeah. Which is kind of wild. But uh, the show is illegal. This yes. <laughs> well, I mean, all the best cyberpunk would be illegal in yeah. the world that it took place in, and this is certainly cyberpunk. Uh but yeah, I'm I'm really fascinated by this idea because I think like the summary was like, oh, one set of brothers is hunting the other set of brothers, right? So like the cops are going after the psychic boys. But also the the cops are also psychic, so they're gonna like be like, damn, where do we fit into all of this? Yeah, I think they, the psychic boys were sent I don't know if they were time traveled or something, um, to a time where psychic people are supposed to be accepted. And uh yeah. oops. Yeah, yeah no. And I think the girl that the cops saw was from like twenty 2023. 2023, yeah. She she astral proje- I think she was like astral projecting through time to speak to them in 2041. Yeah. And oh, at the very top of the episode, one of the cop brothers says that it's been 18 years since the war, which would put the war starting in 2023. Yeah. World War Three, apparently, over psychics, I guess. I don't know if that's I don't think it's over psychics. But I think the government knows psychics exist because yeah. the police chief was like, well, tonight's the night where something big changes or something like that. Mm-hmm. Things are going to change around here. Sorry, that was for me. Uh, and they were just like, what? What do you mean? He's like, oh, you'll find out. <laughs> yeah, I'll figure it out. This is kind of wild. Uh, and it's it's an interesting blend of 2D and 3D. Um, like the main characters are animated in 3D, but some of the background characters in this episode were in 2D. I mean, I mean that, that's how I think you should yeah, do yeah. it. Because yeah. mm-hmm. like, you're not going to use the background characters for more than one or two scenes. Mm-hmm. Like in, in the bar that the psychic boys were in, everyone but them was 2D. Yeah. Which I don't... Would, would that help or hinder the production budget? I don't know. I, I don't know production. I, I, never, I never made... I don't think I've ever claimed to be smart on this podcast. I think background 2D figures are probably easier than 3D. If that makes sense. Now, regular 2D, I don't know. But... And they could have done the, the, the Ruby Season 1 approach. <laughs> well, I also think that if you're going to do it for background characters, it would be something that you ju- just copy-paste for stuff. Anyway, I thought this episode was pretty cool. It'll be like a fun cyberpunk chase, which we haven't had in like a season and a half. Did we have a cyberpunk? Do we have cyberpunk last season? I don't think so. Uh, yeah, we did. Um, well, I, it's steampunk, not cyberpunk. Yeah, Joran was more like steampunk. I think it's been since fall when we had Akudama Drive. Yeah, that was a good one. If this can live up to that, I'll be very pleased. I'm going to retain. I think my issue with this show is that it feels like it's a combination of a bunch of other shows. Like it, there's the. It feels like it's similar themes to Akudama Drive. Uh, it feels like they're having similar plot line to Singular Point with the whole time travel thing. And I feel like it's doesn't really have what those had that made them stand out. So for me, I'm gonna fire. I'm gonna retain. I think I enjoyed it. And it had some nice action, so we'll see. All right. Uh, 
Next up on the list is Remake Our Life. And we had two episodes of this one like we did with Detective because um, because we had the hour-long episode last week. Uh, in episode two, Goya and his housemates are assigned a three-minute short film as a project. Goya comes up with a concept while Tsuriyuki realizes, which, which Tsuriyuki realizes is from his idea notebook. Goya realizes that he accidentally plagiarized the Tsuriyuki from his original timeline. There's an additional controversy over whether the script needs to be condensed. That's a hard name to say. Nanako, Shiroaki, and Kyoya get press-ganged into a club. Tsuriyuki accidentally gets a photo camera like a pungus. And then, in episode 3, Kyoya salvages the project by recreating it as a stop-motion film using the photo camera available to the team. Nanako invites Kyoya to karaoke and asks for his help to get better at singing. Shiroaki tells Kyoya that she's considering quitting art, but he convinces her not to give up. Okay, can we talk about the club that they joined and how one of the guys' signature move at parties is barfing? It's called being a volcano. But, yeah, I... I think the club is just, um... The point is to have some extra characters, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think they're more for comic relief than anything. Like, they'll probably be their extras for, like, crew and stuff later on. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I, I, I guess... I've never been to art school, but I don't think that they just, like, teach you all the forms of art. I think you just kind of, like, do what your specialty is. But this might be, like, a general yeah, class maybe. or something. Yeah. yeah, it's like an intro to Art 101. <laughs> I don't know, man. They might have like a basic like 3D art and then a 2D art class yeah. like where you have to paint or draw mm-hmm. or something. I don't know. Like it's like this is just part of your general electives. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. Oh. I, I'm not like this isn't this isn't like oh this show's bad because of this, but yeah. No, no, yeah, I get it. Oh, also, their professor is Aiko's big sister. Yeah. Yeah, when they were having that talk at the end, I was like, wait a minute. They're probably related somehow. Well, I mean, yeah. just look at them. Yeah. No, I was like, is this her? And then they introduced Echo later. I'm like, oh, no, it's not. Okay. But I didn't want to see anything because I'm like, oh, they don't, they'll just think everyone looks the same. No. <laughs> They're supposed to be siblings. Uh, but there, I think, I think that this is a very sweet show, actually. Um, like the stuff with Shiroaki and Kyoya in episode three was really, really nice. Yeah, but what I kind of think the show is getting at is that his whole life, Kyoya has idolized like the Silver Generation. Is that what they're called? Platinum Generation. Platinum Generation. That's what it is. Yeah, I got this close. Um, but then he realizes. They're just normal people, um, you know, who have to find their own motivation and have to get through their own troubles in life. Well, yeah, because like his whole thing, he, the whole reason he kind of wound up in a rut uh, in the original timeline was that he doubted himself. He doubted his ability to like succeed at art. And so he took like the boring path. And now he's like meeting these artists that he looked up to and respected so much. And they're also doubting themselves. Yeah. And um they were all jealous of how well he turned, flipped it around of like, okay, we'll just shoot camera then. And mm-hmm. he, um, something that he got from his work experience is just adaptability. Semper Gumby, always flexible. 
I did think it was funny. They didn't show it go short, just the reaction of the crowd being like, woo. Yeah. I think it's also, it they doesn't don't matter. Know, but I just thought it was funny. Yeah. Yeah. I also really liked the argument they had over the runtime, just because, like, even in professional settings, time is a really big thing in how long the movie is. I do think that they shouldn't have been like, oh, this script goes over three minutes. They should have just recorded it as is and then edited it when they needed to. I mean, yeah, it can be pretty hard to tell how long mm. a script is going to be before you oh. edit it. Well, one one page is about one minute, usually. I guess you would know better than I would. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. but I think part of it is that it's just like, it was the conflict of, like, someone's idea is this, someone's idea is this. Like, you know, how do you get that to work and make it make sense? I think I think the issue was logistics versus creativity. Yeah, and that's an interesting dynamic of, like, if this is what we want to do, can we do this, though? Which is something you run into a lot when having to do creative stuff. I, I, I like these characters a lot. <laughs> That's also that is something at the escape room. Sometimes you're just like, you know what? This is what it is. This is what we're going with. Also, this show is like surprisingly horny for a show of this kind. I feel like it's, it's much more etchy as... than we've really talked about. It's about as etchy as I like. Maybe not. I maybe not. This is not an isekai. Maybe not before the first. We watched the first episode, but after the first episode, I'm like, yeah, I can see this. I just I'm just saying that because I don't know if we mentioned it when we talked about the first episode or not. I don't think we did. Yeah, no, it is a bit. Because he, he does wake up in the first morning with uh, Aki in his bed with him. Uh, anyway, I'm liking this one a lot, so I'm going to vote to retain it. Yeah, I'm still enjoying this also. I also retain. Yeah, I'm enjoying. I retain. That is three retains for Remake Our Life. Last on the list, and another debut this week, is Sunny Boy. In this episode, Nagara and Nozomi are two of the 36 students at a school that gets trapped in a world where the rules are absolute, and some people get superpowers. It very quickly becomes a Lord of the Flies situation. I, I like that. I do like the whole idea of the rules being absolute. But also, they define the rules, so... Uh, so they thought that it was like the the baseball guy's power that he could impose penalties on people, but then they start to realize that anyone can do it. And then the student council knew that the whole time. Mm. They just like doing. They just like made him a figurehead. Yeah. But this is this is kind of wild. Yeah. Did you did you mention that it ended with them appearing in the ocean? Yeah. They're not, by the end of the episode, they're not just floating in inky darkness anymore. They're in the middle of a lake in the mountains somewhere. Mm -hmm. yeah, I thought, I really loved how they visualized all the powers. Mm -hmm. How, like, the screen would kind of fracture. Mm -hmm. It was really cool looking. Mm -hmm. And how they just kind of bended the school at that one point into, like, an Escher painting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that was the guy's power. Mm -hmm. I do love a good Escher painting. 
This one's kind of crazy, and it's really, really beautiful, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I... It's Madhouse. I know that, but I feel like I recognize the character design. It reminds me a lot of seeing Yesterday for me, but I'm not. I think it's just the style of it. I don't recognize any of these shows that the character designers worked on. Fair enough. I don't know. They just look familiar to me. I do enjoy this, and I like how the characters are not dumb. They're just stubborn. Yeah. <laughs> most of the time. That that's certainly true. <clears throat> I mean, that's how that's how high schoolers are. Yeah, but like, why Nozomi gets punished is technically because she broke a phone, but she did it because she didn't want it because she didn't care for it, and she didn't want to not use her powers and all this. But like, mm-hmm. it wasn't because she was stupid about it. She's like, I don't want to. Yeah, yeah. They, they well, wanted her to have the phone because that would basically tie her into their system, and she's like, No, nah, mm, I don't want to. Yeah. <clears throat> Because it, she was the prop- a big proponent of, like, why don't we just all do what we want? Mm-hmm. But it's also an interesting of, like, well, we should keep the school nice and neat and whenever we bamf back to home, you know? Like, it was interesting. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. I'm liking this one so far. I hope that Baseball Man gets his redemption because I don't think he. I think he's just a tool of his superiors. Yeah. Yeah, but I. I don't think he was the. Uh, like person we were supposed to like. He wasn't the antagonist in that. No, no, he wasn't. That the the student council kid is creepy as hell. They talk about a lot about how oh these people who were nobodies now suddenly have powers, but I think it's the same for him. He was. Nobody like he was just a student council member, but now student council is the only leadership that exists. Like, you know, yeah, yeah, it's Lord of the Flies, which right, I hated, but by the way. He was saying, Oh, all these people are just going crazy of using their powers, like, but he was too, mm-hmm. and he didn't realize that. But yeah, uh, I wonder if we're gonna see any like superpower fights in this show or not. Probably, I. It's it might be and it also might be kind of tenuous, but in some ways I do get Wonder Egg priority vibes from this one. Let's hope it's better than that. Anyway, uh, I'm going to retain Sunny Boy. I'm also going to retain. I'm retaining as well. I really want to know why it's called Sunny Boy, though. All right. Anyway, uh, that is three retains for Sunny Boy. I guess we're not firing anything this week because nothing got more than one fire. Because I retained everything. <laughs> Big surprise there. Yeah, Chris and I had a talk last night, and I'm like, I don't know what I want to fire. And he's like, just don't fire anything. I'm like, all right. Well, I gave you two options. I said, well, yeah. <laughs> Did you also say fire everything? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, this has been your weekly NMA performance review. Uh, be sure to tune in uh, for our next OVA episode on August 13th on the winner of the poll. Drum roll, please. Hyoka. So that will be our next OVA episode. Look forward to that. In the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter at Wappercast for updates and occasional funnies about our show. Uh, that's all I got for you. So I've been John, your CEO of Weebs. I've been Chris, and I'm becoming someone else through my heart. 
And I'm Andrew, CEO of somewhere that isn't a restroom. Beep boop. Ravioli.